Everything you know about health is about to change. Welcome to Straight Talk on Health with Dr. Vincent Medici. Sometimes people suffer, not from lack of faith, but from lack of knowledge. This is the show that changes that. If you are tired of being sick, tired of not getting answers, tired of spinning in circles, for healing is not a mystery. It is a miracle that you were designed to experience. It takes hard work and real knowledge. It takes patience and time. It takes the education this show can provide. So get it straight today. Here's Dr. Medici. Good morning. I'm Dr. Vincent Medici. Another happy Saturday. In the age of COVID, it's still a happy Saturday. Uh, I've decided, as I search myself on how to serve you best, to basically attract as many intelligent minds to my website as possible and then relay the information to you because you know you just can't turn on the TV anymore you have to search and you can't even search on Google you can't search on YouTube you can't search on Facebook because it's so censored you can't really determine whether we are winning or not well my searches have led me to two lits of news that I'll substantiate probably on the next show because it's so new Although trustworthy, I can't even get the full data. And piece one is we had a California gym owner sue the state of California to remain open and in court just the other day was granted a victory. Now, we've had a host of gym owners sue the state of California. There are hundreds of lawsuits against Newsom and the state of California. This is the first one I've heard where there's actually been a victory. And again, I apologize that I'm not substantiating that further, but I just heard about it this morning and I'm trying to gather, but I did hear it from a source I do trust. Likewise, we had a New Jersey, this is New Jersey, uh, that idiot governor there, Murphy, in New Jersey, Governor Murphy, he's worth about $100 million, supposedly, he made it on Wall Street, and he's keeping his entire state shut down in a almost complete lockdown at this point, has had numerous lawsuits. I don't know if you followed on Tucker, the bearded gym owner and the big husky Italian-looking guy. He looked like a pit bull that kicked their own door in after the sheriff came by and barred their own gym for defying Governor Murphy. Well, that's the state I'm talking about. We had a paisan of mine, an Italian restaurant owner, sue the state to remain open, the restaurant, and just the other day was awarded a victory. Now, these things are significant because it's showing us that it is possible and more and more people are getting it through their head. Today's show, I put four YouTube clips on. And again, I want you to just know, if you haven't heard, you should have heard. As an alternative to YouTube, there's something called BitChute. BitChute is a forum, as YouTube is a forum, where you can put videos and clips. It is the alternate YouTube model. It's gone viral, but you still haven't heard of it, perhaps. And it is the future for you because you see the reality of all of 
everything now, from medicine to politics to journalism to who knows what else. We can't trust our media anymore, and that unfortunately has driveled its way to Google and to YouTube and to Facebook and to Twitter. I mean, this week? Our own president's press secretary has taken off Twitter? Think about that. I, for one, will be working almost exclusively fairly soon through BitChute and also through the alternate to Google called DuckGoGo. You may have heard of it. Look it up. You can actually look it up on Google. It will be the new Google for people who want both sides of the story. And again, all we ever asked for as constitutionalists, and I hope you're one of them, is to be able to offer unimpeded, uncriticized, both sides of the story. Well, Dr. Fauci, my good friend, Bishop Fauci, has a competitor now offering another side to the story. Again, Dr. Fauci for many years has had the Infectious Disease Council. And of course, he's molded his great discretion, his benevolence, his open-mindedness, his refusal to bend to the politics of the pharmaceutical companies and all these wonderful things that makes us love him, is now being argued against by Dr. Scott Atlas. His name is Scott Atlas. I put Dr. Atlas. Dr. Atlas is now on the same council. Dr. Atlas does have President Trump's ear, and you will see this reflected in federal policy, at least a la the Trump administration. Scott Atlas is being interviewed by Peter Robinson. This is the website. When you get a chance, that's straighttalk.cc. I want to go through a little bit of this with you. I don't want to spend the entire show on it. But you can't, I mean, Dr. Scott Atlas, he is nationally renowned, if not internationally. His credentials out of Stanford are impeccable. His articulation is lucid. And he's on the Hoover Institute, which is a think tank of scholars. So they take the best of the best of the best of the best. There isn't one thing that Fauci says or done at any time that Dr. Scott Atlas would agree with. And what today's little clip here, and again, it's 50 minutes. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but I want you later on to get on the website and listen to the whole thing. Just as you want to listen to Jay Bacharia. He's got an MD and a PhD. His MD is as an MD. His PhD is in economics. He's going to argue against the masks to say they're basically stupid. Then uh, last week, we talked about the great Barrington Doctrine. I hope you've been on the show. I hope you looked up the Barrington Doctrine. I hope you're familiar with Dr. Sinetra Gupta et al. Jay Bacharya also. And I hope you understand that I, yours truly, have been spouting this since early March. I didn't wait like they did. I knew what was going on in early March because I do a faster version of math. I think the guy that really kept pace with me and vice versa was Witkowski. Newt Witkowski, head of epidemiology at Rockefeller University. That's the think tank of the think tank of the think tanks on the East Coast. Witkowski was... Setting us straight back in March on COVID. And what was he saying? Exactly what these guys are saying now, only it's almost next March. So 
they're a little behind the curve, but nonetheless, because their credentials are so impeccable, because they're at institutional levels now that are undeniable, I put it on the show, and you, my beloved public, probably haven't heard about any of them. Why? Because too many of you are watching mainstream media. Not enough of you know how to do a search on Google. And even if you do, well, this is my real passion. So let my my show every Saturday, let the website serve as a, a filter to get real sharp minds with real clear arguments against the horse manure that you're listening to mainstream. So here we go. I'm going to put, and then I also have uh, Dr. Levitt, Michael Levitt, Nobel Prize winner a few years ago with my buddy, Freddie. I don't know if you know Freddie. If you don't know Freddie, look at my last YouTube clip. In He, he has a, a site called Unheard, so U-N-H-E-R-D. He's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful journalist. And he's actually done a decent job at trying to provide both sides the talent that he's drawn to his his interviews is just absolutely outstanding. And this one I put on is with Michael Levitt, who from the beginning did the math and said, we are blowing this way, 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 way out of proportion. And I've decided, despite, as you well know, my occasional depressions over the fact that people are so dense, I have decided to just keep, like Rush, like Hannity, like everybody in this game, just keep repeating yourself. And you have to. You really just have to keep repeating yourself. Because we are winning. There are, as I said at the beginning of the show, people who are starting to really show that we can win. And we want to take this all the way to Election Day and beyond. So let me critique this Dr. Scott Atlas as he's being interviewed by Peter Robinson. So far, already far surpassing the COVID-19 total. Close quote. That is just, that's more than arresting. It's shocking. You are saying the lockdown has already cost twice as many years of life as the virus it was supposed to protect us against. Have I- now, I'm just going to tell you from my vantage point here behind my desk what I've seen. And I am telling you, I have seen it. I have lived it. I have breathed it. I deal with it. I am seeing people get sick. Physically and psychologically, I have seen a number of people die. One very recently, a plus 90-year-old male that needed a heart valve replaced that he should have had done months ago, but because of the lockdown, because of the hospital situation, meaning the hospital saying, we're not going to treat you as a priority, that individual is dead. And unfortunately, I'm sure... His cardiologist looked at it like, well, the guy's over 90, so he should be dead anyway. And I'm sorry, but this is the way they do it. They do the math. They look at the numbers. And if you're old and and I lived this and so did you. And this needs to be understood because it was one of the uncalculated costs of doing a lockdown. People didn't get medical care. People are jumping out windows. People are beating their kids. Just not having a job, just thinking you might lose your job, just waking up in the morning and looking at a dark, bleak world. 
when we were already so stressed, was more than enough to create what now they're doing the numbers. They're counting the numbers. They're substantiating what anyone with half a brain knew was going to go on when we went into this lockdown last March. Listen. I got that right. That is, you were just saying that's factually, as, as best social scientists can come to the numbers, those are the numbers. Those are the conservative numbers. Because uh, in that calculation, we only included the lost years of life from unemployment in terms of the economic side. And we lost the lives lost from the specific health list of about half a dozen healthcare misses that were uh, not getting done. And so. We- so what what some of these statisticians have done is really go in and talk about lost years of life. So it's not necessarily that unlike the client, that 90-year-old individual I talked about, it's not necessarily people that died. It's people that under the burden of the lockdown have lost years of their life. And then you multiply that by the number of people experiencing it. And then all of a sudden you add that to the total lives cost. And it's way ahead of what we may have saved in the lockdown, which of course is calculated on the basis of death certificates, all of which have been substantially altered, modified, attenuated, and nothing short of a complete lie. Go back on my show and listen to Senator Jensen out of Minnesota. Even listen to the head public official in the state of Illinois. Get up in front of a bunch of journalists. I have it on the site. I can't remember her name. It's a, it's an, it's a, I think she, I think she's from Africa. But she's the head public official. Ganazi, I think, was her name. It was on one of my shows earlier. And the woman effectively stood up and said, listen, just because we say you died of COVID doesn't mean you died of COVID. She said it like five times. She was so blatant about it, I couldn't really determine whether or not she was trying to tip everybody off at this atrocity. Or she was actually so bold and brazen as to tell us, we're going to lie to your face and you're not going to do anything about it. But what she clearly said, and I quote and go on the show and dig this out. She basically said, just because we said you died of COVID doesn't mean you died of COVID. And I couldn't even understand what she was saying. But what she was saying is and reflecting is what Senator Jensen the Anderson doctor out of Sacramento, out of Bakersfield, was saying, and that is, is that the death certificates under mandate from the CDC five to six months ago are telling medical doctors in hospitals when somebody comes in and they're clearly dying of a disease. If you do a nasal swab and find they're positive for COVID, they died of COVID. And of course, the financial incentive to the hospital simply was the hospitals were being told, don't take anybody unless they have COVID. And if they have COVID, we'll compensate you from 15 to 20 to $40,000 a head. This is all documented. None of this is exaggerated. It is T-bone clear. And so what did the hospitals do? They made sure you tested positive for COVID. And if you go in now for a bee sting, they stick something up your nose to see if you test positive for COVID. And why? It's money. You see, somebody really with big horns figured out how to do this. So that's what Dr. Atlas at Peter Hoover at, at, at Peter Robinson's uh, query is talking about. We were very conservative, intentionally so. And I want to point out something else, which is that was written a month ago. It's true that there's been another 20,000 deaths from the virus. But in addition, we have another maybe 10, 10, between 10 and 15% worse unemployment. And more people have skipped things like vaccinations and things. This is an ongoing, the lockdown is not over. Uh, you know, as you know, and many know. people know, 
that when governments say they're opening, well, it's not it, where I live. It's nowhere near open. Right. And since you live about a mile and a half from where I live. Understand this, my friends. Even if Trump gets in, Newsom will not be lifting the lockdown. I don't even know at this point what it's going to come to. What I wish it would come to is a bunch of fellow citizens getting together and either recalling the governor or getting their derrieres down to Sacramento in one massive demonstration. Lawsuits won't do it. You can't do what the gyms are doing and do what the restaurants are doing and do what the other people are doing because by the time we get through the court system, a percentage of which are bought out by George Soros, which is another story, it could be years, and that's going to be a problem. So what happens after the election? What? What happens if we don't start to take action? We're in exactly the same boat. Exactly. So, Scott, here we are smiling, but that's just to keep from crying. This is, this is, this is horrible. So let me ask you this. I, I have said, and I've asked guests who've been on in the last couple of months, public officials have been telling us again and again, back in the days the days as if they were ancient history a month ago when president trump was still holding his daily press conferences and there was dr fauci and a couple of other public health officials on the platform with him and then when those public health officials stood to the lecture and they talked again and again about the costs of covid and why we need to lock down to protect these lives and i assumed at the time that they weren't doing the other costs. They weren't estimating the costs of the law. I mean, it just seems to me the way you make policy is by doing a cost benefit analysis. There are benefits to locking down. We save these COVID lives and there seemed to be no effort to assess the costs. And here comes Scott Atlas saying the costs are, the costs outweigh the benefits. All right, that's a horrible finding. But what you're telling me is that you were using data and work that's been around for a long time. I assumed that they weren't able to model the costs of locking down as well as they were able to model the benefits that nobody had done this work yet. And in fact, I thought, Scott, this is your, your article was, the, now I'm not a professional, there must, may be all kinds of material I missed, but as a layman who's been following it all fairly closely, your article three months into the crisis was the first attempt to measure the costs of the lockdown that I have seen anywhere. Why? Why weren't they measuring the costs from the get-go? Well, this is really the, the really, one of the several egregious failures of the policy. Okay, and Dr. Atlas is never gonna answer that question. And I don't know why they don't, but I'll tell you why, because they're bought. That's why, because they are not for us, they were on somebody's payroll, and you should follow the money trail if you want to understand why and how you've been ripped off. That everyone from Dr. Burks, and what did they put her on vacation? Did she pass away? Did she go on sabbatical? Did someone put tape over her mouth and stuff her into a closet? Was she kidnapped? Where's Dr. Burks? Maybe she's so nauseous and sullen with this egregious failure, and she knows as we look back in hindsight, we're going to be pointing fingers, and we darn well should be, that she doesn't want to be around for it. Maybe that's why. I honestly don't know, but I do know one thing. I would follow the money trail, and I, you know, I guess Dr. Atlas in his position, 
being that he sits across from Fauci, not literally because of the lockdown, but would because he's on the same council Fauci is, isn't going to say, well, Fauci didn't do it because he was bought. But I find it very interesting that what's been behind this is a vaccine and that only a vaccine can get us out of this and that Fauci and Bill Gates and so on and so forth and China all right, is very in bed with this concept of pharmaceuticals and vaccines and the possibility of making vaccines mandatory if you're going to engage in national or international travel. I think it's fair, don't you? Just fair. So I don't want to say Dr. Fauci is a lying thief. I don't want to say that, all right? And I'm not. But I want to say I find it interesting that he has very strong connections with organizations that make an enormous amount of money by making vaccines and that the one way to put pressure, political and otherwise, on the evolution of the vaccine is to create hysteria in the public. Now, I think that's a fair question, but it isn't anything that you can aggressively discuss on mainstream media. And that's exactly the whole point here. After that, all right, time unfortunately not permitting me to do other things. I'm going to get to 11 minutes because the one piece of this that I think Dr. Atlas does better than me is sum up the things with the children. Nothing, nothing, nothing that we have done. What's the word? I don't have a word. I have a lot of words, but I don't have a word to describe how disappointing. So I'll just use that one. Something really weak and meek. How disappointing, okay, our choices have been to children in school. Just listen to these statistics. Uh, implementation here. Because the children need schooling, and this is why we should open the schools, because there is virtually zero risk of death and virtually zero risk of a serious illness in children. This is the fact. This is inarguable. This is proven not only every uh, country outside the United States, but by our own data in the CDC itself, of the first 100 plus thousand deaths analyzed, 99.98 deaths were not in children. I'm sorry, man. This is where I have to point the finger. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you have kids and you have grandchildren and you weren't beating down the doors at the Board of Education, you have failed yourself, you have failed your children, you have failed your creed, you have failed completely. There is no excuse for anyone that has not fought this. No excuse. I don't mean even at the ballot box. I mean with the Board of Education, with the teachers, with the rest of the members in your family. I'm talking arguments. I'm talking get in their face. I'm talking lay it down. I'm talking get things straight like you'd fight for your life. You have made a terrible sin. And I'm sorry. I'm going to go on record saying this. It disgusts me. It disgusts me. And in fact, 99.9%, I'm talking about percent, 99.9% of deaths mm -hmm. are in people over 24. Now, we knew this in March. I put Newt Wachowski... Head epidemiologist at Rockefeller Institute, 20 years, 20 years. I put him on the show in March before he was taken down off YouTube to tell you that there is no threat to children. 
through 12, of course, are young children. There's another big point here. All over the world, Switzerland, Iceland, Australia, the United Kingdom, Ireland, Asian countries, there is a minimal, if any, risk of children. I put Johan Gesek. I put Dr. Tegnell out of Sweden. Finland did the same thing. They never did a lockdown. The kids went to school. Nobody got sick. Transmitting the disease, even to their parents. It's not just that children are not at risk at all from this disease. They also do not even transmit the disease. It is literally irrational to not only close schools. So the teachers wouldn't be at risk either. The okay, fifth well, grade here, teacher, sixth grade teacher, kindergarten teacher, they won't be at risk either? Okay, there's not a significant risk, but I want to qualify that. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's look at who the teachers are in K-12 schools in the United States. Half of them are 41 years old or younger. Okay, 82% are under 55. The risk from COVID-19 for people under 60 is less than or equal to seasonal influenza. Do you hear what he said? So that nonsense argument, well, it's not just the kids, it's the teachers. The teachers are so young, they have no risk either. This is, I love the word egregious, don't you? This has been one of the most egregious failures of mankind, at least in the last 200 years, at least in American history. And we're still in lockdown. We're still in lockdown. I have been thrown out of six stores. I have had the police come. I have argued people right to the face. I've never cursed. I've never gotten violent. I've never got anything. I've been pulled down off different sites. I have fought. I've fought legally. I have fought with my constitutional rights. I'll vote as such. And I'm asking you to take a more aggressive stance because we are going to be exterminated. If you think Donald Trump is going to save us, think again. Please think again. If you think Donald Trump is going to end this, please think again. Donald Trump is a hero. Donald Trump is a great American president. I think even more of Steve Bannon, who's going up on Soros. But the bottom line at this point is they need you because the deep state is so deep that they may not even have the military behind them. And we saw that. When Trump, during the riots, said, we're going to bring the feds in, and none other than John Mattis and Colin Powell and the rest of those slime bags got on national television and started to condescend and insult Trump as if he was the devil. So what do we have in this country other than Donald Trump? We have each other. We have an opportunity to get aggressive and exercise our constitutional rights before our constitutional rights are gone. Listen to the rest of my shows. There's Jay Pacharia on masks. There's Dr. Martin Koldroff. There's Professor Michael Levitt. Get to my website, straighttalk.cc. Listen to the rest of this. And on top of that, on top of everything, if you're lost, if you're lost in the labyrinth of health and you have a real health concern you can't figure out and you've been getting nothing for nonsense my number, you'll get it after air. You come see me, sit down, I'll put you on the right track. If you're compliant, humble enough to learn, we'll get you to the other side. Health is attainable, just like victory against these idiots. Have a good day. Okay, that's a wrap. 
Don't forget to get to Dr. Medici's website at drmedici.com to look at the pictures and review the show as often as you wish. See you next week.